Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. If this is your first time with us, we're going to be talking movies, video games, comics, pop culture, TV, all the geeky stuff that you've got uh, an addiction for. We have an addiction for it too, that's why we've been doing this for 10 years. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and welcome. I'm sitting here in the Westwood One studios with Lindsay Floyd over there, doing my awesome co-host and uh, engineer. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. And Take it. Every week on Geekscape, we have an awesome <laughs> guest. Uh, my guest this week is Brian Wecht. You guys may know him from, uh, where, where would they know you from? Game Grumps, if they're, if they're uh, video game yep, fans. Yep, probably uh, Game Grumps on uh, on YouTube. If they're uh, YouTubers, they in music fans, Ninja Sex Party. Ninja Sex Party and Starbomb, too. Starbomb. Yep. Um, so uh, I did click through many of your videos. Oh, thank you. Last week, and oh. I was like, oh, cool. They're really good. Oh. And they have like a kajillion million hits on these things. Like mm. the views are stratospheric on, on yeah sometimes the, i look at those numbers and i'm like where's my check well, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, i'm like how many million like it is those numbers are mind-boggling i'm to gonna me. get rich like, on youtube yeah right. if only. in 300 years <laughs> <laughs> um and we're gonna be talking about video games and, and pop culture and all that stuff so strap in uh want to pause real quick and say go to lootcrate.com Put in the promo code uh, Geekscape. If you go to lootcrate.com slash Geekscape, put in the promo code Geekscape, you can get a discount on all these uh, cool boxes they have. And they're full of different things. It's a monthly subscription. You'll get a discount. And if you go to our uh, Facebook page, our Geekscape Facebook page, we've got this. Uh, I, I just started unboxing them on video on our Facebook page. And wow, you're just the right age for unboxing Yeah, just the right videos. age. But the thing is, like, <laughs> like if I, if I, I just don't want to cart them around. All right, Loot Crate? But I bring them in and I and I sit down and people and, and I give some of the stuff away. I'm like, hey, if you want this, like, leave a comment because I can't have all that stuff in my room. I believe you were supposed to bring a box. Of Do you that want me to? Stuff. I can bring it. Yeah, that Do you was, want some of that, that stuff. That was the. That's what we talked about last week. Oh, you want? Me, oh, oh no, I'm no. I've, I was I've supposed so to bring the. Forgotten. No, no, Lindsay, I was supposed to bring the big, the big freebie box that oh. everything goes into. Oh, that I'm bringing to Comic Con because it is 
half the size of my car. Oh, no. <laughs> you have to rent a truck for this it. This is why so I had many to stop giveaways. Loot Crate. This just, it was just too much stuff. Too much and stuff. And like it's going a, to Geekscape. It's cool stuff, but too much. It's going to the San Diego booth with oh. us. Booth 3919 on the floor, guys. Come to the Geekscape booth and be like, I heard you got some of that Loot Crate. <laughs> and we'll be giving it to you, but only uh, cowboys are allowed. Or? But you only get to. But if you, but you I mean, only at Comic Con in general, right? Hey, only only that cowboys. Loot crate boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm only going to be giving you one thing, though. If you want more, you're going to have to get that subscription. Lootcrate.com/slash/geekscape, uh, and that promo code is Geekscape. There's also another promo going on. The Stowe Story Labs have submissions going on until July 16th. If you're a screenwriter and you have a script, or you have an outline, or you have a, maybe a TV pilot, um, whatever you've written. Uh, go to stowstorylabs.com. If you put in Geek Lab as your promo, you get 15% off the application fee, but those applications stop July 16th. So get on it. Uh, really a life-changing lab for you screenwriters. Uh, I love it. I've been twice, and it's worth. Uh, it's definitely worth the trip, definitely worth every penny. It. Hey, a week before I went, I told my manager, I was like, I'm sick of this script. I'm never going to write it again. He goes, just see how the lab goes. Okay, Jonathan, just go to the lab. Relax. Go to beautiful... Like Stowe, Vermont, and relax. Oh, Stowe, wow, yeah. And Lovely like, up there. Yeah, and I go and I have these peers and I have these mentors and they tell me about my script and they, they analyze it, they let me see it in a new way and I come back and I say, I still want to burn, no, I'm <laughs> I come back and I'm like, all right, I'll rewrite this script. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> you just get more excited. You get excited about the new stuff and you know, it's like, oh, shiny. And that it's tough when you're a screenwriter because those things take a long time. Okay. So I got Brian here. What's up? I've got Lindsay here. We're here. We're ready. Right? I got to right, tell you guys this thing. about a nightmare I had last night. Both of you guys were in it. Wow. And we were here at Westwood One. That was fast. Our wow. relationship's progressing so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I had this anxiety <laughs> dream and I was like, I got to tell Brian. And Brian I, and I, I love hearing about only, when people, <laughs> people are scared of me. It's kind of a dream scenario like for 30 me. minutes and I was like, oh no, I know you. Because you were like my Freddy Krueger last night. No, you yeah. weren't. You weren't. <laughs> I, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time I've killed someone in their sleep. You were actually the nicest person in my dream. Oh, so, wow. So I, so I show up to do Geekscape I'm here at Westwood One, and they say, this is my, my nightmare. And I'm like, uh, great. I'm ready to go. And Brian is here. I'm like, great. He seems ready to go, too. And Brian and I didn't talk to set this up. I talked through your rep. Yeah. And, like, she's very nice. She was there too. You tell her she was in my cool. nightmare. She's the the best. She's cool. Yeah, she's and, but she was there, and she you know, and so I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, Jonathan, like you know, and, and they say Lindsay's not here yet. That's I what knew say. this dream was going to be about yeah. me not no, no, making no, no, it. No, no, Why fine. do I have to? But be you're the not. Bad but you're guy. never late. Geekscape is for the record. She's never been late. Wow. Um, and it's a lie. It, no, no, it's true. Oh, I'm always early, but you've never been late. I always show up and you go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what? I came early. <laughs> <laughs> like That's the conversation we have before Geekscape. Every week, Geekscape is. Um, so I, they're like, uh, you know what? We can't wait. We'll record the show for you. So they bring me to like this boardroom. And there's like four people from Westwood One. <laughs> and they're, like and they're up, sitting like- around this table. <laughs> they set up like a, uh, like a recorder. And I'm sitting here with Brian like I'm doing now. And I start doing the show and they're all staring at me and I start mumbling like I normally do with my talking too fast Texas drawl garbage and suddenly this woman starts making this sound because like I, I think because I think because your rep is like I'm gonna go get some coffee you're, you're fine here because we're talking she's mm-hmm, like I'm fine mm-hmm, she leaves mm-hmm. the door and the door goes like really loud the door goes and then it clicks shut and she's gone 
But then this woman who's sitting next to you, this corporate woman, mm-hmm. is sitting there and she starts going with her mouth. <laughs> with her mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, and I and I keep looking at the door. And at that point, the conversation is just falling off the rails because I'm like, I, uh, I'm really distracted. I keep looking at the door. You're being totally a trooper with it. Yeah, you're, I'm, a, I'm a professional. You're bro. trying to keep <laughs> like, the conversation going. That's what I do. But this woman sitting just off your shoulder is going. And I for, keep for and no I, apparent reason. And I keep looking at her, and I go, "Ma'am," um, and I keep trying to ignore it. But she's, and finally, I just say, "You know what? Can you stop or just leave the room, please? Because you're just making that sound, and they can totally hear it. I hear it in my headphones. What is with the?" And everybody just gasps, and they go, "Jonathan, she has Tourette's." <laughs> and I go. <gasps> It like suddenly, like everybody around the table oh, is staring evil. at me wow. because this woman can't stop it. And like in her face, I look at her, and her eyes are suddenly like, "I'm so sorry, but I'm a prisoner to this." <laughs> She's like, Z-Z-Z. and that was that was my nightmare. That was it, and it involved wow. both of you. It was bad. Wow. And I woke yeah. up like, oh my god, it's you know, and everything's fine. Everything's fine. I just had to get that off my chest. I'm sorry, Brian. I'm, I'm just, sorry. Uh, oh, I'm just going to do that throughout the recording yeah. now. Please. I'm already dreaming about you. <laughs> well, if you hone in on my weird psychological ailment, I will let you know during the course of this recording. <laughs> so tell me, like, uh, I, I'm reading about you, and you, you're, like, genius level, I think. I, I mean, Don't I, be wouldn't that. Say, I wouldn't say that. I, I really wouldn't. I mean, I, I've worked hard at like stuff and i seem to do pretty well at it but genius like i know a lot of smart dudes and I sure i don't think of myself as like super super smart are they geniuses i know i mean from so i what you might be saying right is for years i was a theoretical physicist yes right i did uh string theory and particle physics and you stopped just shy of becoming like oh like like what's his name from the watchman Oh, Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, that's <laughs> you're like, right. You're like theoretical. I'm not going in oh, there, dude. There's a panel in Watchmen where uh, Doctor Manhattan, Doctor Manhattan, <laughs> Doctor Manhattan uh, talks about finding a supersymmetric particle sure. that uh, I believe it's a gluino, if I remember the panel correctly. And uh, I was so excited when I read that for the first time because I read Watchmen pretty late, like probably at least for uh, for when most people read it. So I read did- it in my like mid twenties. Okay, when I was still studying physics. Uh, in fact, when I was in grad school, and I, and I was working on supersymmetry, and I'm I'm reading Watchmen, and I'm, I get to that panel where Doctor Manhattan's trying to find a, a, a super partner, and I was like, oh shit, Doctor Va- Doctor Manhattan's doing supersymmetry. And so you would not have gone back in that chamber if you left your watch. No, no, <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> like that's the thing. I yeah. keep thinking about Doctor Manhattan's like origin story in Watchmen. I'm like, he's brilliant enough. To be this guy, yeah, but he's not brilliant enough. Just walks to be right like, in the chamber. Fuck no, I'm not going in that chamber and getting a damn watch out. No. Like, and a rule one. That thing's gonna atomize me. Rule There's one of no- physics. <laughs> Don't go back for your stuff. Leave rule it. one of physics. Physics wins. Yeah. Don't do it. It's not going to be like, oh well, it's you know that watch has some emotional resonance for him. Maybe we'll just leave that guy alone. It's just nuts. No. Mm. And so you, you're a little uh, like, what did you think? I mean, have you continued on your journey in comic books? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't read as much. I was never like a comic book subscriber. Sure. So I always waited for the trades no, to come out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the trades rather than getting the individual uh, issues. Sure. And I also got into comics pretty, again, not in my teens when a lot of people do, but in my like, you know, early 20s uh, mm-hmm. when I had uh, 
growing up weirdly, none of my friends were into comics. For so whatever you were popular reason. as hell in high school. You're like the reverse. Oh, no. I, in I high was, school, you were super popular, and then you got into the 20s. Incorrect. Like, Let's throw it all away and burn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, in high school. I, I don't think I wasn't popular, but I wasn't unpopular. Sure. I was kind of like in, in the middle. But Lloyd I Dobler. Uh, uh, yes, less suave, maybe. Than Lloyd Dobler? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I mean, you're just like, hey, everybody likes you. You can come to the parties, but you're not going to leave with the lady. Yeah, pretty pretty, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> no, that it. I think that's kind uh, of the ratio. It's like, okay. Yeah, I, I kind of got along with everybody from the, you know, from, we didn't, I went to a really small uh, mm-hmm. school in, in northern New Jersey, uh, Montclair, Kimberly, and it was like, my class was 100 people. Wow. So, you know, a little small private school. And uh, so you knew everybody, no matter who, who you were. And I got along with uh, pretty much everybody pretty well. That's awesome. But yeah, but I, popular, I wouldn't say it was popular. I would say I knew everybody and got along well with them. Including the racist gangs, like the street gangs. And we the... were best friends. Okay, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> is why my history of casual racism continues <laughs> oh, no. to this day. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, so Game Grumps, can you tell me about it? Because honestly, I, I saw you and was like, I want this guy on Geekscape. Oh, thank you. After doing uh, some <laughs> modest research. I said, and the reason I saw you is because you were talking to my friend Blake Harris, mm-hmm. who you Geekscapists know because he's a writer of Console Wars. Uh, if you, you go back that far, he came on the show and talked about his novel, which you totally should read because it's about the Sega Nintendo Console Wars between the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. It's amazing. It's a phenomenal book. Which is, I guess I was on his radar because I tweeted at him after I finished the book. And I was like, dude, this book is fantastic. It's I just phenomenal. loved it. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I'm, exa- I'm 42, so I'm exactly the right age for all that Sega versus Nintendo stuff. And uh, I knew him from How Did This Get Made? And I was just like, this, I love this guy and How Did This Get Made? I love this guy's book. Like, I got to tweet at him and just say, you're, you know, the book's awesome. You're awesome. He's lovable. And I think now we should form a super team. Yes, let's do it. I'd have to be the plastic man in that Justice League, but it's fine. Can we do a super team where we don't fight crime, but we just kind of hang out? <laughs> we can analyze it. Great, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Be like, oh, let's look at the statistics here and what's going on. Um, I think uh, it will be the geek super team. Um, so... I, I, I was like, okay, is this guy into video games? Is he mainly into music? How would you describe yourself? Because I thought it was a we were going into E3 at that time, and I was, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, hey, he might be a perfect E3 guest. But do you, does any of that stuff work on your barometer? Are you still like an avid gamer, or you have to be for Game Grumps? You, you don't actually have to be. I mean, I, 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 play, I have a three-year-old daughter, so okay. I don't have a lot of time to play games. Sure. Um, but I do play when I can. That's what you tell her or what you tell me? Uh, that's kind of what I tell you. Like, honey, no, yeah. <laughs> honey, no. <laughs> we do try to, you know, screen time is something I think a lot about actually for for kind of this reason. Um, but so I do play games a bit, but not like all the time. If I have if I have free time, what I do in my free time, I read most in mm-hmm. my free time rather than than play games. But I do play games kind of when one, an interesting one comes on my radar. Like what are the, some of the ones that like you're playing now? Like, like that you can recommend? Cause uh, we did have if you Geekscapers really want some of that stuff. We have a great E3 episode and post-E3 episode about Geekscape games. That's our, that's one of our podcasts at Geekscape. So mm-hmm. go to geekscape.net and look for it. Uh, they did a great job around E3. So if you're really hardcore into that stuff, they've got some great information. But yeah. what, what, like, what do we play now? Because I'm, I'm, I'm like close to your age. I'm, I'm going into 40. Mm-hmm. I'm 38. And I'm like, oh, how am I going to segue this? Yeah, well, what, what I actually do is, so I, I played a game. I played games a lot in high school. I had an <laughs> NES, played all that stuff. And then when I got to college, I kind of just really dropped off just because of work time. And in college, I in played. Finances. Oh, of course, yes. Well, yeah. just <laughs> exactly. Time. I think so. In college, I played. I played a lot of Diablo, mm-hmm. and uh, that uh, Diablo and Doom 
And I guess Half-Life was a little later. But I played yeah Diablo and Doom were two games I played a lot in college. And then after that, then I was in grad school and it just like I had no time for anything except Half-Life. I played a lot of Half-Life in, in grad school. Um, then kind of stepped away from games for a little bit, just kind of occasionally would play, you know, games that came across uh, uh, my radar. Like I played a lot of uh, VVV, VVV. If you ever played that one, it's a great. That's one of the, that's, that's a, what is that? I, I think it, I know it's it. sort it's of it's like an, yeah, it's a Steam game, um, and it's uh, it's very retro. It's like eighties kind of mm-hmm. NES style game. A lot of fun. and I was thinking Ollie Ollie. That one Ollie Ollie is like a skateboarding game, which is also what, what I think started as a Steam oh, cool. game, and you have to control both sides of the board. Oh, nice! So awesome. You can do ollies and stuff. So um, I do. I do, actually, and I, I played a lot of like in the eighties. Went to arcades a lot because mm-hmm. you know small town New Jersey, like. Went to the mall. Went to arcades and did a lot of that when I was in in high school too. But V V V V V. Yeah. VVV. Is that enough V's? I think um, it's six. But I've I could seen, be wrong. On, I believe it's it six the, V's. The Steam yeah. store, but it's the great. retro stuff. I always so you know usually with the retro stuff, I will download it, and you geeks gave us know that there was just a Steam sale, and it yep. re- wrecked you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Steam sales. Stuff on the when I see sale, Steam's, yeah. when I see those Steam summer sales, I'm like, nope, yeah. not gonna do just, it. You don't have the time. For anything. It's a dude in an alley going, come over here. <laughs> hey kid, hey kid, come on. Some games are like two bucks. Sometimes, right? Right. Well, I've started to do the thing where I don't just economize things. You know, like the Tim Ferriss thing where like, it's like, how much is this going to cost me in time? Not mm-hmm. how much it's going to cost me in dollars. Like if you think of your life and you start transitioning to thinking about how much it's going to cost you in time versus dollars, I think, A, you will save money. But you're also going to save a lot of time. And when I look at the Steam Summer Sale, I only see time. <laughs> like, yeah, no, because me. we all have it. those Steam libraries of stuff sure. we haven't played. Yep. And but you're saying this VVV and a lot of those are retro games for me where I'm like, yeah, yes, that one uh, is like several years old at this it is, point. It's, it's probably older. four or five years old now. And it had like the neon lights and everything. The yeah, neon it's colors very, and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of ne- neon pastel sort of colors. Yeah. But so it, Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say the the like puzzle games, things that you can pick up and play oh, for a few minutes and then put down I love puzzle games. Yeah. Really help. And I think uh, what was it? I was talking to somebody over the weekend because I went amiibo hunting and mm. I told myself I wouldn't, but it's Legend of Zelda and I'm addicted to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so that that's the big one I'm playing right now. And so I went and got the Majora's Mask amiibo. Oh, uh, nice! Yeah, but it was a it was a it was a Best Buy exclusive here in the states, but the GameStop also had an exclusive for I think the Skyward Sword amiibo, and then Amazon had an exclusive. For the third so, amiibo, how many did you get? I mean, I was being drawn in quarters, <laughs> like literally, and, and because well, not quartered, but in threes. And we rolled past the Best Buy early on Friday morning, uh, and there's nobody outside of it. And I say, hey, I think the GameStop one's going to be a little more exclusive. So Josh and I, my, Josh Jackson, one of our hosts of Geekscape Games, roll over to the GameStop that's in the same kind of shopping center. And we wait for the guy to show up, and he tells us, hey, man, there's really only you know enough for the pre-orders because GameStop's being really conservative mm-hmm. with this stuff. So and you don't drop we, a, like, hey, don't you know who I am? Oh, no, no, no. I don't. I mean, no, no, on. no. He, he's like, what, Ray Romano's son? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so he's like, yeah, Ray Romano's kid or somebody who's, you know. So I go back to the Best Buy. There's now a line. Like, there's now a line. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a line. 15 minutes earlier, there's now a line of like 20 should've people. And I'm like, damn it, I should have had Josh stay here while I go to the GameStop. Because the only thing that happened at GameStop was I ended up talking to some guy in a T-Mobile shirt who was addicted to Michael Bay's Transformers. <laughs> I said, do you do the T-Mobile Tuesday thing? And he's like, yeah, you get some really great stuff. And I go, like what? And he's like, 
like Transformers IMAX tickets. And I said, but then Whoa. you have to watch Transformers. And he's like, those movies are tight. <laughs> wow, tight. Like, exactly the like, adjective oh, I would have used to describe no. the Michael Bay Transformers movies. I was like, oh. Yeah. I, with, that guy I, sounds cool. I didn't judge him. <laughs> I didn't judge him. I judged me. Because I was there with him, and in that moment, we were all but the same, standing there for our little plastic figurine that will unlock BS in our Breath of the Wild game. Well, I would say you're not quite the same, because you would not willingly use the word tight to describe Transformers movies. No. So I think you have the moral high ground. I think, yeah. Here. Once my brain starts hemorrhaging, I think my skull gets tight. That's the only thing that happens in a Transformers movie. So I go back to the Best Buy. I'm now 21st in line. I walked through the whole little line to get them. Twenty for you counted. You were twenty. No, but like, I'm, I'm estimating. Okay. But I, uh, this is what I know, and why I know that I was an odd man out because they probably called them out. They probably ordered these things in increments of five or ten. And I get up there. Sorry, that was the last one. Oh no! So I jump in the car with Josh. We go down to the Atwater Village Best Buy, mm. and I go, Josh, you might have to like jump out of the car as it's moving and run in there yeah, and do one of the roll any. things, right? Yeah. They had them, and I got one. But here's what happened. Like, in the car on the way amazon threw theirs up live for sale and so we had to jump on the phone and get that i'm driving i can't be doing that josh has to do it he goes on the site he sees oh yeah they got him dude this is like a michael bay movie. but they're for prime members only oh so then he calls his friend who has an amazon prime account to get the login so he can get the thing uh, and they're sold out no we got them oh don't mess with me, Lindsay. <laughs> but uh, listen, we're going to tell that story much better on Geekscape Games, so be ready for that. I'm just telling you, like, oh, like Breath of the Wild yeah. is some... Yeah, Breath of addictive. the Wild is amazing. I, I, like, I... So I, I got a Switch about two weeks early because I did a Nintendo event through, through Game Grumps, and they included Breath of the Wild with that. And I haven't played a Zelda game in years. I mean, I, I, like, seriously, since the original uh, Legend of Zelda on Wait, AES. So you like, never played Ocarina... You I never, never, nope, played any of those. never played. Nope. Actually, never played any the of past. those. My, my wife has played all of them, and I would watch her Where's occasionally. She, uh, <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> she will. She's waiting outside. She'll just come right in. Just need to say her name. Um, so yeah, I actually the last game I played Zelda game I played in full was original mm-hmm. original Le- Legend of Zelda Legend of Zelda NES, and then haven't played any of them except for like you know a couple seconds here and there sure. until Breath of the Wild. But that is a game, when, when I brought it up in conversation, was I think we were talking about Pikmin. Mm-hmm. And I love Pikmin. Mm-hmm. And there's a new Pikmin coming out on the 3DS. Or, we were talking about Amiibo because that's getting yeah, another yeah, yeah. Pikmin. Uh, it's getting, Pikmin's getting an Amiibo. So uh, we're talking about it, and we're talking about how much we love Pikmin 3 on the Wii U. And it is great, but I feel like you have these lives that are in your, in your hand when you play Pikmin. Oh, you, yeah. you take these little animals outside of the ship. And they're vulnerable to all the elements and the creatures that it's are like out there. It's like parenting. And you play this game in day cycles, right? So, like, the sun comes up, you go out, and you start scavenging, you have to build your rocket ship, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then the then the day ends. And it's in their version of real time because you split your group up and you have to manage the group across a map. And when I pick the game up, I feel every time I play it, I have to play through their real time and say, okay, um... I'm in it to win it for a day, and there's so much I need to accomplish in this day. It's not just a pick up for five minutes and play. You're right. Kind of in it. With Breath of the Wild, it's a beautiful combination of both. Yep, because you can play it for a few minutes at a time. You know, just cook a bunch of stuff. You want to cook some stuff? Go cook some stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to, you know, fight one of the divine beasts? Beasts. All right, you can do that for an hour or mm-hmm. whatever it's going to take. You know, it's just like, yeah, you can, you can do it in segments. You can do it in longer chunks. In, since you hadn't played since the 
earlier Zelda, which in a way was a bit of an open world game mm-hmm. as well, because it was like, here's a sword, have fun. Right. Um, what was the experience like? I mean, did you see the parallels there? Because we've seen, we've started to go through the linear Zeldas where it was this item unlocks that one, right, unlocks right, right, that right. one, and it had a bit more of a Metroidvania feel to it, mm-hmm. even though it was a, a pretended to be kind of a more of an open world than right. those Metro Metroidvania games. Um, how did you feel like when you when you put it in and were like, fine? I probably won't get addicted to this one either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just blown away by everything. First of all, we well, I had, I had a weird experience with it because the first time I, I played it was part of this uh, Nintendo event, and we had to play, uh, we had to play it in a moving car driving around LA with specific tasks like you know get twenty apples, mm-hmm. right, or cook you know meat skewers or whatever. And stuff these are like all Zelda related tasks, but you had to do them in the real world. As like a scavenger hunt. No, no, no. Hunt. You had to do them while playing the game on the Switch. Oh, okay. So, so it wasn't a live scavenger hunt. It, it, it was something. No, no, yeah, okay. yeah. So we're like, there were events at different locations, and in between driving from one location to the other, they gave us a Switch, and they gave us a demo version of Breath of the Wild, and they had a little checklist, and like the team that got the most things done on this checklist in Breath of the Wild got points. Sure. And the the kicker was, because it was a demo version, it reset, hard reset every 20 minutes. Oh. And so, like, you'd make progress and you'd be racing around trying to, you know, because you're in that the, the plateau area mm-hmm. of Breath of the Wild. And, you know, we, you don't really know where anything is. And you're just racing around being like, I need five more acorns or whatever. And <laughs> uh, to, to check these things off the sure. list. And if it, after 20 minutes, it just resets. The first minute of that is that intro where, you know, Link's waking up in, <laughs> the, in the temple. And uh, it, it was it was a very it was not the best introduction to Breath of the Wild because you didn't feel the open worldness you just felt this intense pressure to do these weird uh, you know defeat the stone talus which whatever, is like the know? exact Whoops. opposite of what well of of what the game is exactly which is, the game has almost a casual gaming aspect to it right so when I got it home and then I was playing it and I could actually take my time and look around and do all that stuff I was like oh my god this is you know first of all just looking at the the art which is beautiful. And being able to just do whatever you want, you know, wander around, go to the temple, hang out, do, you know, do cook whatever you want. It was, it was a, it was a real, no pun intended, game changer. I don't think they can go back. I, I, they'd be, I think they'd be stupid to yeah, go back I mean, at this point. I After think, you've seen that, what else? You, you, you can do another linear thing. I mean, I've never played it, but I've played other linear games. Well, Skyward Sword was linear to a fault because you had this sword that would act like. Uh, like a lodestone, it would like point you to places. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, it would start humming, like the like the woman who was buzzing right. in my nightmare. Uh, and, 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 and so, it's, yeah. oh, there it, she is. And so, it would just point you where you needed to go, and then it would start vibrating or glowing or whatever. Um, and you just kind of felt like a like a ball in a string playing mm-hmm. that one. And yeah, then I, I hate that kind of thing. I think what what it is with with um, with before Breath of the Wild, there was Link Between Worlds, which was the 3DS one. Mm-hmm. And I think that may need to get a little more credit for Breath of the Wild because uh, that was the one where that was the one where they said, "Hey, all eight temples are open to you, or twelve temples, or how many they were. Just do them. Just do them however you want." Yeah. And Link Between Worlds had, was phenomenal, and it was really, really um, a lot of fun just having that sort of open world aspect to it. Uh, I don't. In looking at what we what we call Metroidvania. Because that announcement of Metroid Prime Four, mm-hmm. which I'm really looking forward to, because I love the Metroid Prime yeah, games, yeah. I think they need to find a way to do it. I think they need to find a way to get away from what they're most known for. Uh, besides being awesome, I love the Metroid games, but it's like, hey, this is how where you get 
the spin attack. This right, is where right, you right. get to turn into a morph ball. And I think that they have to figure out a way for it to be more. It would be amazing if they did that. I mean, and now they, they'll press it in a set, right? Like, let's, let's see. I mean, it would be a huge challenge. I cannot even imagine what you have to do to design that kind of game. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, it, it seems like it'd be decade a decade of work. And right, Super Mario Odyssey seems like it's also open world. Somebody was saying, hey, it's the Breath of the Wild of Mario games because in the E3 demos, it seemed like those uh, there were little missions to get the moons mm-hmm, or the stars yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and it seemed like they were kind of truncated. I was like, oh, damn. Each of these things may take maybe take two or, two or three minutes. You got to jump past some bullet bills and you're good. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly the game gets a lot more challenging later on. But for our writers at Geekscape who, um, who played it, they said, no, no, no. It's much oh, bigger really? than you think it is. Wow. The game is huge. In each of those worlds that you go to, like uh, racist Mexican world. When he put on the sombrero, I was like, wait a minute here. Yeah. Cuidado. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Cuidado. I was like, I don't know. Because oh my, my mother is like super she, My mother is somebody who like was so supportive when I was a kid of how much I loved Mario. Uh-huh. If she only knew <laughs> they were making fun of her people. <laughs> I saw him put on this sombrero and start playing with maracas. I was like, is this what you think of us? Miyamoto, <laughs> is this what you think of us? So it's a, it's an Italian stereotype wearing a Mexican stereotype. <laughs> totally. Right. Yeah. Totally. It's a me. Uh, so <laughs> I, knowing that they're doing that with the Mario game now, uh, how, I mean, how do they do it with Castlevania and Metroid? Because, yeah, I, mean, I think they or, have or to. Will You're they? right. I, I, to. I disagree. I don't think they have to because you can. You know, th- there's a reason those franchises have been so popular for so long, right? People yeah, keep coming back for. There's four years it, between each and Well, yeah, that's all. part of it for sure. But I, I wouldn't say they have to. And there are lots of great, you know, kind of traditional structure uh, games. But I think it would. I mean, people would go nuts if they did a really great open world game. I guess my fear is that with the success of Breath of the Wild, which just every... I mean, who doesn't love Breath of the Wild? I haven't heard really any huge... I mean, people quibble about sure. parts of it, but I haven't heard any serious, like, this game sucks kind of criticism about it. Uh, what I'd hate to see is rushed open-world games, mm-hmm. right? Which I would imagine, as you know, actually, when uh, an open-world game sucks, it sucks because you're just wandering around. There's nothing to do. You don't know what's going on. You can't find anything. It's aimless. Like, yeah, it's aimless. Yeah. You're just doing nothing. So uh, I'd rather see... Same old, you know, Metroid, whatever, style, rather than some kind of shoehorned in open world thing because of the success of the latest Zelda. Yeah, I think the the key is everybody says open world, give you a lot of choices. It has to be extremely populated. Oh, yeah. If not, it's it's the worst. Right? And it has to be around. extremely populated, and that's an investment that I think uh, Nintendo can make because they're not in the yearly yeah. release cycle that places like, you know. For sure. Granted, you, Ubisoft made a point to say, hey, we're, we can't do this anymore. We can't keep giving you guys Assassin's Creed every year mm-hmm. because it was killing it. <laughs> when you, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. you guys saw like the crazy memes from the people who oh, were falling sure. to yeah, the yeah, floor yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like the quality just suffered. And I think if there's a company that can do it, uh, and uh, there are studios that can do it too. Like I believe if, if, if Bungie doesn't fall into like the whole Destiny addiction thing, they could do it as well. Um, they, they, hopefully they're, they're – they can say, hey, we have five years between major installments of this franchise. Let's make them count. Let's, yep. And let's, let's really do it. And let's redesign. Yeah. The indie world, and we can talk about the Steam Summer Sale, like the indie world is one of those places where a lot of these innovations are taking place. And you do start to see them getting adapted into bigger 
mm-hmm. games. Um, but it is like trying to it's like trying to convince a dinosaur to to, to move. You know, it's like yeah. It's like Nintendo has to wake up Sony and Microsoft well, and every have, year. And you have to get the right people on board to do it, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, if you get the same team from the previous game, it's probably a challenge for them. You want right. to bring people on board with the right expertise. What did you download from the Steam Summer Sale? Uh, well, from the like, Summer oh, Sale, it was re- I only actually have downloaded one thing so far, which was Bendy and the Ink Machine. What is that? It is a, it's, it's, it's a very simple kind of horror uh, comic puzzle game. So it, it is, I don't know what era, if it takes place in the modern era or whatever, but it is a kind of wandering around this little, not very complicated maze. And you're in an old, like, 1920s Felix the Cat style animation studio. That's awesome. And uh, as the narrative that emerges, each, there are only two chapters out so far. Uh, each chapter is, it's, it's very quick gameplay. I mean, maybe 20, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the sec- first one's free. Uh, second one was two bucks, three hey bucks. Hey, kid, come the, over here. Yeah, yeah. On <laughs> First one's free. Sale. Hey, kid. Yeah, third one's not out yet. Um, and it's it's not like challenging puzzle solving. It's basically just finding stuff that's hidden around this dungeon. But the uh, the design is very cool. And the thing, the narrative that is emerging is the guy who, I think you were an animator at the studio, and the guy who run, ran it or runs it uh, somehow founded founded found a way of uh, through satanic rites converting his uh, his character Bendy to become some kind of embodiment of you know basically embodied this character using ink and sure. now he's wandering around the dungeon wreaking havoc uh-huh. and that's you know your so it's you versus like a char- versus like a cartoon character yeah, it's who- like if Robert Rabbit went bad and you had to put him down. Yeah, it's kind of like if you, yeah, exactly. If you, uh, you you made a little pentagram on the ground and you summoned from hell Roger Rabbit, evil yeah. Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Um, and it's, so there are two chapters. I just finished the second one yesterday, in fact. And uh, it's it's fun design. Um, it's not a challenging game, I think, to play. Like the puzzles are all, you just wander around and you find stuff. But the, the art design is great. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. Do you, I think Cuphead is getting a lot of press because I, of I've that. I've heard of that one, but I don't Cuphead really know what is it the, is. It looks like a, a side-scrolling action game, mm-hmm. but it might have shooter elements to it because mm-hmm. some of the levels just look like they have a ton of stuff on the screen at once. But it has that Merry Melodies yep. like, art direction oh, to I, it. I love that style. Thing. I'm a huge Looney Tunes seems fan. Amazing. Like, all that stuff. It's the best. Uh, I think it is going to be end up being a console exclusive, but um, you, I'm watching it. And it's crazy to think that an indie game is starting to become a console seller for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, it's amazing. But if that's where the innovation is and that's where the industry is going, um, A, I, I start, you start to see it plays like E3 that console exclusivity is going the way of the dodo. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that uh, – I mean the, the stuff with Minecraft on Microsoft and being able to play across uh, you know consoles on the, the Xbox and the Switch – Plus the PC is awesome, and it and it's oh, yeah, and it sure. stinks for Sony that Sony's out in the cold thinking. Well, they, I mean, didn't they say that they were going to be doing cross platform yeah, right. like a few years yeah, ago, yeah, or at least last year? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, I think that you're going to start looking up and saying people just want to play with their friends, and people want to play interesting games with their friends. Let's not hamper them through our. There are other ways to appease our stockholders mm-hmm. than trying to put shackles on people who don't want shackles on them. Yeah, you well, know, no one, gamers I mean, just want to no play wants, with their friends. Well, in general, people right. just want to do what they want to do, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want to download, you want to hear whatever you want to hear, music-wise, watch whatever you want, play whatever you want to play. Um, and, of course, it's a continual struggle, right, to figure out how to keep your your brand at, at a good level of quality, 
and keep the reins on, with, but at the same time, give people the freedom to do what they want to do. And I think, as you say, is just is a general phenomenon of internet culture. As we move on and on and on, things get more and more and more open. Right. And I think we'll we'll see that with gaming too. With yeah, cross, cross I mean, imagine stuff. the day where you can. Granted, some of those big games like we talked about earlier, like the Mario and Zelda, that stuff will always be Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But we saw them starting to show up on our cell phones. We're starting to see these things go from beyond just the consoles and the you know that they were born on, and they were starting to see them live in other places. Um, I think the walls are crumbling. We're yeah, going to have, start having are. this gaming democracy. Um, as a musician, like, and it seems like music's always the precursor to all of this. Mm-hmm. Like music and comics, because of the production turnaround is so quickly, so quick. Versus the production turnaround it takes for a game to be developed or a movie to be developed. As a musician, like, what are some of the things that you've seen in music being an innovation that you think might start to ed- like educate where things are going in film and in uh, games. Well, m- I mean, musically, the the biggest thing that I've seen in music in the last, you know, whatever ten years is not even music; it's YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, this is the reason I have a career now as a musician is because I could, you know, make my own YouTube channel with with my partner Dan and just put our music videos out there for anyone to see with basically no budget. You know, originally if we spent, you know, a couple thousand dollars on a music video, that was a lot, and we we could just Put it out there, and then try to get people to watch it. So that get people to download your CDs or your music. Yeah, yeah. Well, originally we didn't. Yeah. I mean, I think we had videos online for two years before we even had anything available for sale. Just because mm. we, you know, we were doing it all ourselves. I I'd studied music, but never had to like sell music, right? Because you know, when I took my, uh, I did a liberal arts degree, and business was never part of it. So for a long time, I was like, I don't know how to get stuff on iTunes or whatever. I'm just let's make music videos. And <laughs> this then, is fun. And originally, we were thinking when we started Ninja Sex Party, we were thinking of it more of uh, as kind of a live act, like a two man live act, uh, rather than we're going to make music videos and sell music online. And uh, so originally, we were just making the music videos and basically trying to treat them as calling cards for booking other shows or maybe trying to get a like a pilot a tv pilot or or whatever something like that very soon after that we realized oh well let's just concentrate on the music videos and then we figured out how to sell the music online but a big part of that please oh i can fill the space oh thank with you a yeah, you're a, <laughs> 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 uh, a big part of that was we didn't need a label right, right. we we listed it with cd baby who we still work with today and they take care of getting it on iTunes and Amazon and all those different sites. So that that's the biggest development. I mean, what I'm saying isn't anything you haven't heard a million times. But right. the fact that you can just do it yourself, you could, you know, you can write and release and sell a thing all by yourself with basically, you know, almost no cost. So Steam is it. a precursor to all that stuff. I mean, there will be, I mean, the, these online stores and what we just yeah, talked yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, I saw the trailer for like an Owlboy, which looks like a, a Nintendo Genesis. It looks like a it looks like a Nintendo Super Nintendo Genesis era game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that one's coming to multiple platforms. It was just like, oh, this looks more. I mean, those things end up looking more interesting than the big games that people talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the big difference, and maybe this is maybe I'm saying this, and it's not quite correct. So please sure. tell me if this is wrong. No, I don't know. Is, I ain't no scientist. With, Good scientist. Uh, <laughs> but you know more about video games, I think, than I do. Um, so, I spent a lot of time alone. Yeah. <laughs> contemplating is with music I think the big challenge with music is like with many things in the you know digital internet age is figuring out 
figuring out how people can have sustainable careers, monetizable careers in a world where everybody wants everything to be free. Mm-hmm. So uh, with, for example, with Ninja Sex Party, we've been very lucky that people buy our CDs, like actual physical CDs. Mm-hmm. But, and that's how Ninja Sex Party makes actually most of our money is through CDs, through physical CDs. Well, they use them as throwing CDs. stars. They use them as ninja oh, weapons. Oh, yeah. They, no, they, they kill should. people with them. Yes, for sure. They should. Or sleep on them, coasters, that sort of thing. I mean, there are um, ninja stars printed on, I mean, the, the image of a ninja should. star is on your CD, right? It is not. How the f- we, did you guys overlook that one? We we have a separate iconography. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And we also didn't want to encourage weapons. <laughs> Not well, bad. <laughs> but you know what? If you're skilled, like a ninja, anything could be a weapon. We, we talked for a while about having NSP-themed condoms. Sure. But then we, we realized that that's a, that's a pretty dangerous area to get into, right? Once you start you selling mean? condoms to people, like, I can't vouch for their quality. If a con- like, well, you know, if if I'm selling someone birth control, I sure. want to va- I want to be able to say I want to give it the Brian Wax seal of this birth control works. Yeah, you should try kind it. Of a pro. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, but uh, I, I, you know, we, we talked about condoms with like NSP stuff sure. on them, uh, but that never ended. Isn't up Isn't there like a private label of way of doing that stuff? But like, can't you like private label that stuff and be like, hey, I'm sure that there's. I don't like want to get sued when company. someone gets pregnant. Is basically what it comes oh, down to. Oh, that's what you're worried about. Can they yeah. do that? No, I don't know. I don't the boxes know. always say they're like 99.9999 percent effective. I, I mean, just, has anybody sued Trojan or or any of those companies? I don't think they can. Getting pregnant. Yeah. You promised me. I, there's that guy again. No, because there's. I know you, <laughs> you promised. You promised me I didn't get pregnant. <laughs> I just had my 19th boy. I can't afford this kid. <laughs> you remind me of my childhood. They took my fields. I ain't got nobody. No need for people to work them. I shouldn't be having kids no more. <laughs> right. it, to me, it's sort of like selling something. If we had like you know uh, NSP branded insulin. Sure. Like, you know, I don't want to sell someone like kind of a <laughs> medical product and be like, yeah, this will probably work. But maybe yeah, foam nunchucks. Would foam nunchucks be okay? Yeah, that's a good one. We're talking okay. about merch ideas. Yeah, I think that's foam a, that's nunchucks a good one. would be all right. Um, you know, like foam bear. You're just going to go foam all the time. So you'll never build it. We are actually, we're right now looking for cool stuff to do. What I wanted to do is have, uh, this got vetoed by everybody else on the team. Uh, I wanted to have a super expensive, like, uh, I don't know, multi-thousand dollar diamond-encrusted butt plug. Sure. Like Ninja Sex Party themed. Because there was a, a a little butt plug we used in, I think, the first a bunch, like maybe five or six of our music videos. It was like this neon pink kind of thing with rhinestones. We basically bedazzled it. The Neil Diamond. And then, yeah. That's, that's a, that is a good name for it. I'm sure like, he'd be on board. That is the Neil Diamond. Uh, uh, so I want a, you know, like the, have you ever seen that most expensive burger? in the world which has like gold <laughs> flakes on it's like it's like you know kobe beef with lobster uh caviar gold it's flakes expensive because you're going to your ass to the hospital well yeah that's why it's expensive but it's like two thousand dollars or something like that mm-hmm. called the most it's, expensive. It's, it's, it's more expensive than that i want the butt plug version of that for ninja sex party the neil diamond um, yeah the neil diamond it's like in a glass case somewhere in your house. But or? you know what a Manrique yeah. is, right? A I do not know what a Manrique is. You're a ninja guy. A Manrique is like, I, I, like I, I'm it's a, the thing a on white the chain. Jewish guy from New Jersey no, who dresses up in a ninja suit. Don't tell the ninjas that. They'll see you as vulnerable. <laughs> oh, believe me. They're not happy with me. They'll see you as vulnerable. I'm, I'm kind of scared. Like We've talked about doing gigs in Japan. Yeah, and like I, I worry that we're... Dishonorable cur. <laughs> <laughs> well, I worry that we're engaging in levels of cultural appropriation that are, are, are seriously uncool. But... Like you it. read about the well, well, first off, a Manrique is the like the chain weapon that you throw and then you, and oh, it, that's you know, what it hooks that thing into it. Yes. You bring okay. it, like, you trip them or it brings it back. About. Just yeah, yeah. have the nail diamond on the end of the Manrique. <laughs> wow, and you can that, that, 
That sounds like a challenge. You plug like people from a distance. Yeah. Uh, wow. I read this story. Geekscape, I don't know if it's real or not, but maybe watch your Googles if you're going to try and figure out if this is real or not. But there was a Japanese porn actress who drowned in a bukkake scene. Wow. Did you read about I this? I did not. And you, what is weird is I would have thought I would have read this. This is, this is exactly in my wheelhouse. So I'm reading about this, and it's different levels of hilarity and tragedy because the woman did die. Yeah, that's She's bad. 23 years old, mm-hmm. and she was in this bukkake scene with like 20-plus guys, mm-hmm. and they were all finishing in her mouth, and she had started to This is choke. the kind of stuff I was hoping to get into yeah. today. Wait, yeah, no, sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> your rep's like, mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> so. I'm in a sex band, dude. We can talk about it. I know, everything. yeah, we can it's talk about this stuff. So, so, so they're, they're, this woman started choking, and they thought it was part of the act. And it wasn't until she collapsed that people realized she was choking. She was drowning on this stuff. And one of the – I mean, this dude's a fucking saint. He, he went to perform mouth-to-mouth. Wow. He used his fingers to fish the Ugh. stuff out of her oh, mouth. dear God. And then the dude performed mouth-to-mouth. Extra thick, wow. And, like, was, like – Clear. And I, she I don't died. know. She died. That's, she I, died. I had and not it, heard about like, this. That's you're sitting there going, oh. Tragic and disgusting. She went doing what she loves. I don't know. <laughs> I don't loved? know. I don't know. I don't loved. know. Lo- love loved might or be was a strong word. Doing. I don't yeah. think so. I don't know. But it, I read this. I was reading the story just looking for any th- clue on the site that it was a joke piece. And they, I sh- they should have a Snopes for porn. Well, I think I think an article like that would go to Snopes. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I think that just I think that's just straight Snopes. So in the next few days, I'm really hoping that that one gets yeah, well, discredited. Let me, let me know, please. <laughs> it's <laughs> I, rough. I don't want to be thinking about that. It's messed up. Uh, and reading that, the, and of course they're, they're talking about how the government will come down on no the industry and this and that. Yeah, right. <laughs> like they're gonna they're gonna crack down on it. So I just you know. I don't think they, I don't think they were ninjas. I don't think those people were. No, that those don't sound like real ninjas. They don't sound like ninjas at all. So do you guys? You guys still do do these live shows though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're basically we're on tour right are now. Are you coming to Comic Con? Uh, we are not. Why? Uh, it's the mecca. It's, uh, we we basically don't do really cons anymore. Also, well, the but larger again, factor is they didn't ask us. Those so that would be the, the the real reason, mm-hmm. but um, we we decided. Uh, I don't think we've ever said this publicly, but uh, roughly a year ago, when we started organizing our own shows, that if we can do our own show and have control over the situation, and you know, find a venue and get good security and things like that, uh, we would rather do that than do con appearances. And that's just had, not going to get you sued, like a condom burst. What? <laughs> like if you're in charge of everything. Oh, well, then like, you, you have insurance and sure, well, all okay. that stuff. I guess which we could for the condom thing. Yeah. Uh, the insurance is the but, condom. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about con- – like I love doing cons. I love meeting the fans and that, that's the real advantage. There's so many people there and it's great to see everybody. But um, – and, and Comic-Con, you know, San Diego Comic-Con is an exception because that's like the biggest, biggest, biggest. But uh, we found with a lot of cons that you don't know what you're walking into and mm-hmm. the management team who was ever organizing it changes every year and we've now had a bunch of – pretty bad con experiences because of bad organization or lacking security or things like that. How crazy do so, they get? Uh, I mean, we have How some, crazy do these fans w- get? We're lucky that well, lucky in the sense that we have really, really avid diehard fans. And so we've had people follow us back to our hotel rooms. We've had people, you know, do various types of other uncool things that 
I don't want to get into. But well, like, what's the uncoolest? Just go with the. Well, the uncoolest was following us back to our hotel, hotel room, room and trying to figure out where we were sleeping. What do they possibly like, want to do? I mean, if well, this is what happens when you're in a sex band. Well, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm married with a kid. I've been married. It'll be ten years this this year. So I'm not on the market. But my partner Dan is notoriously single, and also as one of the co-hosts of Game Grumps, he's not just in, in a sex party, right? He co-hosts Game Grumps. Is a a you know a super internet celebrity. And I imagine there are people out there that want to hook up with him. In fact, mm. I know there are because we see it on Twitter every day. And they come to your hotel room. Well, they tried to find us. We actually had to one year, like, you know, go up one elevator and then move across the floor and down another. And See, this is why you must train in the ninja way. <laughs> if I were a better why? ninja, this wouldn't be a like, problem. I, that's that all I'm true. saying, Brian. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, A, you... Like any curse, you've brought this upon yourself. That is true. And yeah. now there's only one way to save you from it, and that is the ninja way. <laughs> you know, the, what could be a greater disguise than yeah. disguise yourself as a bad ninja yet be a good one? Wow, that... This is your calling. Sounds hard, but yes. Sure, I'll, it's I'll, hard. I'm on board. I'll hard start, decisions. I will start training. Easy life. <laughs> easy decisions, hard life. If, Remember that one. That, that's, that's I like that. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's probably like a haiku, like that ninja stuff. The least cool thing I ever <laughs> saw uh, fans do were, was uh, after we, we did a show at a con, and there were uh, a couple people in wheelchairs in the very front row, and afterwards we, we came down. Possibly. That's the thing about ninjas. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little barrier between us and the stage, and uh, we came down in front of the barrier just to like wave to people after the show. And people essentially bum rushed the stage and knocked over not people ninja. in the wheelchairs. Not ninjas. Turns no. out and it was ninjas. it was appalling. Like people, they actually the the fans. I mean, out of sheer enthusiasm and crowd mass. I mean, this is not intentional, sure. of course, but uh, pushed people out of their wheelchairs. And That's it was fucking terrible. It was very. It was appalling. Right. Um, and I, it was no one's conscious choice. It wasn't like someone came up mass running towards just a mass of people. And with stuff like that, the point of that story, though, is that we need we're at a point where we need security that can, you know, help with that sort of stuff. And I don't know if there's anything there security could have done, but we need, you know, to know that we have good security to protect us and the crowd and people in the crowd mm-hmm. from from that sort of thing. Okay. So we've we've stopped doing cons and we organize our own shows now and we have a like a booking agent and all that stuff. And we're on tour. So we just did five dates. We did here. Uh, Nashville, Charlotte, Atlanta, Orlando. We have more East Coast dates like Toronto, Boston, New York, Philly coming up uh, in August. And then we're doing stuff in the Northwest uh, in September. That's Ninja Sex Party. That's Ninja Sex and Party. And Starbomb, do, do you get do you get a chance to perform around? Yeah, well, Star, we haven't done a full Starbomb uh, show. We might do that like next year sometime. But Starbomb... Uh, which is the two of us, me and Dan, plus a third guy, Aaron. And Dan and Aaron are the co-hosts on Game Sure, Trips. sure. Uh, so Aaron will, on this last leg of the tour, he came out with us. We did a Starbomb set as part of the thing. So we had three people songs. People went crazy. People went bananas. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's like, holy shit. That's, you know, Aaron is like. They're throwing and, things on stage like wheelchairs? Well, <laughs> in Orlando, uh, I shoved 69 bras down my pants that people had thrown. 69? 69, 69. Yep, down my pants. That many bras. I feel like the underwire would be very uncomfortable in your yeah, but No, yeah. oh, it was terrible. Yeah. No, but here's I, the thing. Like, when you're doing a show for video game fans, most of those dudes are wearing them. The dudes. <laughs> no, th- these, were, these, were, these were the ladies. Uh, I, wow. I watched and people disrobing. Like, we don't disrobing. want you to do it. We want Dan to do it. And you're <laughs> like, fuck. Well, you know, the thing about bras down your pants is once you shove three or four down there, you're kind of on a roll. 
Yeah, but how do you fit 69 down there? I have They large have to pants. go in you after a while. They, they were... In you. Yeah, I have a, I'll show you a photo. It was The bras were wearing you after a point. Oh, yeah. No, that they were... It was a uh, a sweaty mass of oh, uh, of underwire and lace. Free the nipple, man. Yeah. Free the nipple. You could have drowned. <laughs> there were people we could... Wa- Actually, at one point, we looked out because it was a, like a, it was a, a floor, you know, general admission floor, and then some seated stuff in the balcony. We looked out, and there was this cascade of bras coming down from the balcony. Hold! It's like, it's like two yeah. towers when they start shooting yeah, arrows. Yeah, that's... That, Hold! Yeah. Yes. Hold! That is what it looked like. It was <laughs> amazing. Fucking crazy. And see, we, we it was partially our Light fault. Light them on fire next We time. said uh, at some other show we did, I forget where, uh, people threw 10 bras. We were like, we're never going to get more than 10 bras yeah, thrown on crazy. stage. And then there were 3,000 people in the audience. And so we got to... Actually, it was probably more than 69. It was like 70-something, maybe even 80. You didn't count them? We, we did, but we lost count at some point. That's so crazy. I, I, I've, <laughs> we've said 69 for obvious reasons, sure. but it was probably more like 80. Oh. All right. Well, uh, we'll and this is what I left academics for. <laughs> you could have been Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> I know. You're shoving men, men, people's bras down my pants. On your pants. Yeah. There was what a have tutu. You done? There was a tutu in there, and I think there may have been a couple of plushies as well. Nice. I guarantee there were plushies. Though I, I can't remember. This is the other thing: is I shoved so many things down my pants, as I can't fully remember <laughs> what went in and what didn't. So it's a good problem to have, you have when, that, you, when you think about it. Bro, you got to have that Neil Diamond. <laughs> you got to be so ready good. with it. Yeah, we should bring that out. Oh. The Neil Diamond is a serious object. That That's like a quest bring object. Bring a little case, yeah. That's like something you would want in a quest. To be For like, sure. You have to go get the Neil Diamond. Like the, the South Park well, game. If we ever do a, premiered. Uh, an NSP game. Yeah, the, that'll be one of the items. The Neil Diamond. Yeah, they have yeah. lap dance. Like you're one of the kids going under. Like you have to go undercover in the new South Park game, and you do lap dances. <laughs> to, like get information from one of the Johns. You have to do lap dances, and I was like, um, that's probably not even the most offensive thing that'll end up being in that game. But that's it, fucking hilarious. Uh, okay, so they can find all this stuff at what's like the best place to go. Obviously, Game Grumps on, yep. uh, Our, on YouTube. YouTube. YouTube for everything. So Game Grumps on YouTube and on Game Grumps, I'm on episodes every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did an episode for Father's Day with my three-year-old daughter uh, where we played a little, you know, kind of kid's iPad game. Uh, so I was on that recently. But I'm on there every few weeks in some capacity. Uh, Ninja Sex Party on YouTube. Also, you can see our music videos there. Uh, if you search for Starbomb on YouTube, you can find us also there. YouTube for everything. Basically. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're also on Twitter, and yep. that's how I found you. Yeah. So, uh, Geekscapist, definitely, definitely, definitely. Like Brian's been awesome. I hope you guys have enjoyed him. Uh, Lindsay is here. I'm she, here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's here. <laughs> uh, she's she was here on time. Uh, I'm out of town. I thought week. she was late today. Actually. <laughs> I wasn't sure, but she, know, she seemed, to come, in, before I was seemed to come in late. You know, I do what I want. Uh, um, I'm out of town next week, but we do have an episode coming, uh, and we will be recording that one later today. But uh, Geekscapist, uh, if you, we have a ton of episodes. If you want to listen to them, please tell your friends about us. Also, it really does help us out. I had a couple of Geekscapists come up to us and be like, what helps you out the most? And I said, hey, leaving us a review on iTunes helps us the most. That helps us with our visibility, spreading the word. That really helps us. So, Geekscapists, um, I'd really appreciate it if you're listening to this and you say, hey, this ain't bad. <laughs> Those of you in the South, they go on iTunes and leave us a review. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, share it. Tell your friends about us. And you can always find us at geekscape.net on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. Uh, you know, Share us with your friends because that really helps us a ton. And we are here every week, including next week. We'll have an episode for you guys. Um, and we do it because you guys are awesome. So, thank you. Uh, We'll see you at San Diego in a few weeks. 
at booth 3919. Come get in on that loot crate box because I ain't bringing it back to LA. <laughs> uh, and it's awesome. There's tons of like really great stuff in there that I was like, hey, I don't have room for this. And I don't even know what that anime character is, but it's really cool. <laughs> and you guys can have it. Um, but other than that, uh, I really appreciate you guys being here. Uh, any last words, Linz? No, I'm just <laughs> excited to dig through that free stuff at Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a mess. Brian, thank you, dude. So thank you, guys. Jonathan, on. Lindsay, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun.